in your in your Bible uh, to um, let's look at Exodus chapter th- Exodus chapter uh, thirteen uh, chapter fourteen. I want to read this really uh, to just get us going in this very short devotional thought before our communion. And Moses said to the people, "Fear not." What, what's going on in that chapter? We've got the Egyptians coming down. You can see the dust of all their chariots and horses coming in the horizon. It's a lot of fear going on. And they've obeyed God. They've left, left Egypt under the authority and the leadership of Moses. And as they're leaving, uh, they, get to a hard, they get to a hard stop. They're not going anywhere. They get, there's a Red Sea there, and they're not going anywhere. It's impossible. They're in an impossible situation. Ever been in that? Have you been in an impossible situation? And you can see the debt collectors, you can see the police, or you can see whatever's coming down that road, your enemies, uh, immigration service, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> coming down after you, right? And they're coming in there, and you can just see it coming, and you're like, okay, we're done. This was a farce. What were we doing? What was I thinking? I'm following this guy, Moses. This, this, this pastor that's leading us, where are we, what's going on? And we can see the dust in the distance. And Moses says, fear not. That's, a, that's leadership. That's leadership in your family, by the way. When you're a husband and you say to your family, fear not. And there's a lot to fear by sight. You can say, honey, fear not. Or, as it happened this week, my wife says, honey, fear not. <laughs> Wives can talk to their husbands, too. And they do. Most of the time. Sometimes husbands get a little word out there once in a while. Um, and so they're coming. Stand still. I was thinking about this last night. Stand still. You know, just you know when you just need a moment with the Lord, and you just need you just need God to speak. And I was thinking about this back in Ukraine in 1991 or 92. Um, we were planting a church in Ukraine. It was a very difficult place, a lot going on, crazy place. Um, and I just remember sitting at my desk preparing or planning or something. And God just gave me this verse in Habakkuk 2, verse 20. Habakkuk 2, verse 20 says this, Hush and be silent, O earth, because the Lord is in His holy temple. As we were worshiping this morning, that was such a, such a spirit-led song that, that you guys did, that just be still in the presence of the Lord. And I love that because it's the end of, of Habakkuk chapter 2, chapter 3, God's about ready to start doing some incredible stuff moving and judging and and putting Israel's enemies out and promoting the nation into some incredible stuff. God was about to do some amazing things. And God just said to his people, and Habakkuk was an amazing prophet. Study his life sometime. He was an incredible guy, great encourager for some discouraged people. And he said, be silent before before the Lord, for the Lord is in his holy tabernacle. What's the holy tabernacle for the New, New Testament believer? What is it? It's us. It's our physical body, right? The Lord is in this temple. The Lord is in your temple. And he's not leaving. And where is he in his temple? Floating around. He is on the throne. He is king and God in your life. No matter if you acknowledge it or not, he is God in your life. I love this because when life is going crazy and just nuts, everything is kind of interesting, that we can just get on our knees before the Lord and we can just worship him in the middle of our, in the middle of our house. We can just get with our wife. We can get with our kids and just... Teach your kids how to pray. Just say, hey, let's say a quick prayer for that. Let's just, you know, let your kids see how, how you share the gospel with people. And get on your knees and just be vulnerable and say, God, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, this is what I'd like to see, but, it, but I don't see that. And just get on your knees and just worship the God, 
the God who is on his throne. And when you, you know what, a big thing in my life that really changed my whole Christian life was learning how to pray. And, and learning how to, what brother, brother Lawrence said back in the day, to practice the presence of God. Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to practice the presence of God? The God is in this place right now. And we we can be on our face before the Lord and just worship Him and just say, God, you are the God of all this that's going on in my life. You're the God of my health. You're the God of my family. You're the God of my business. You know why? Otherwise, if we don't live in the presence and practice the presence of the Lord, and just say, God is still in this place. And if God just could open up the heavens today and we could see His throne room, all of the earth, every president and every king and every dictator would be on their face before this most holy God. Isn't that amazing? And the Lord's presence just makes the whole earth silent because there's so much noise, isn't there? There's so much noise in our life. And I'm not going to preach a whole message I'd like to, but there's so much noise. I've got to go do this. I've got to run over there. I've got to call this person. And I'm guilty of that as more than anybody in this room. I've got to text, text, text. And I'm just running, running, running. I'm like, I'm like a chicken with his head cut off, not understanding what is going on in the plane of God. Right? How many can identify that with that? I think everybody, all of us, I gotta do this, I gotta pay that, I gotta do this, I gotta call this person, okay, what's this person thinking? I have no idea, I gotta call them. And we're running around like a like like a, a hyper spiritual frenzy. You know what I'm saying? Like spiritual hyperactivity. I, I grew up with ADHD and I know exactly what that is. And so when those times happen, we just need to get on our knees and say, Lord. And it's going to take a few minutes. It's going to take like 20 minutes. It could take 10 minutes just to be quiet before the Lord and say, God, you are sovereign, God. I don't know. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just your servant. I, have no, you know, I don't need to know everything, but I can study to be quiet. Why? Because, and this is the practical point, and we're going to close. Fear, fear is really about shame. If the fear of failure is really about the fear of shame. We don't want to be embarrassed, right? You know what shame is? Remember when you were a kid and you were kind of like called out and you, everybody, everybody was looking at you and you felt like embarrassed and um, that, that is this feeling of shame or nakedness or exposure with no love and no coverage. And guess what? There are fears in our lives, and mine too, in, in this room, in every, every woman, man, and child, there are fears that are driving our lives that we have not even uncovered yet because it takes all of our lives for God to get in there and just expose things. There's things, there are things in my business, there are things in, in this church that sometimes there are things in your lives that are driving you and I because we don't want to be standing out in the cold and the rain and everybody looking at us and saying, what about that guy? You know, There are things that happened in your childhood that were so painful. Every one of us in this room, things that have happened in our childhood that were so painful that we buried so deep that we never acknowledge and we forget that it's there, but it's driving the basis and the foundation of our decisions if we're not being governed by every word of God and filled with the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. And God's calling... I'm not saying that, like, if you are, if you and I are gifted in certain areas, I'm not saying stop doing that. I'm just saying let's make sure that... Let's just check our soul. You know what I'm saying? That there, there's this comedian out there. I think we all know him. And his, one of his slogans is check your heart, right? Yeah. Check your heart. I like that because we check our heart... Check our new heart. Don't get in, in, engaged with self-condemnation. But just ask yourself, what is driving me here? Like, am I, am I, am I being driven where I need to feel success? Or am I being driven because I need to be feeling achieved? How about, how about husbands here today? Speaking to myself, what if I can't provide for my family and my kid or 
my wife or is without provision. That's a big thing for us men to deal with. It really, really is. Like to see your kid without and see your wife without just stuff that she, that she would like to have. And that, that impacts us because we think we're going to bear the burden. If I'm stressed out, if I can't go to sleep at night, if I can't just get quiet before the Lord, and, and every one of us should have a prayer room, a place. I don't have a prayer room in my house. I go to this lake that's near my house. I just go there and just be still in the presence of God. I love, I love doing this. When that happens, because what happens, okay, Adam and Eve, they, they're in the garden. Um, they sin. And what happens? Three things. There's guilty fear. And we know what that is. It's more about what we have done. Like, it's more about, okay, I did this. I feel guilty about it. And I, I'm fearful of judgment. The second thing, though, is, is, the, is the big factor. And we don't really much talk about it. It's shame. Shame is, guilt is more about what I did. Shame is more about who I am. There's something wrong with me. Right? There's something wrong with me. You know? I don't know what your past looks like. But there are moments where there's shame. And you look at yourself. Man, I'm just a loser. I, this is... I'm shameful about this. And i got to cover that. And what happens here? Shit. Adam and Eve are in the garden and they're full of shame. And what do they do? They cover themselves with what? Stuff. Right. What? Yeah. Yeah, with leaves and stuff that's in the garden that they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be ruling over the garden and they're, they're hiding in the garden. That's what happens to us. We get shameful. We get... We get guilty and we start hiding in the stuff that God has given us victory over to rule for the kingdom. God's plan in Eden was to bring in the kingdom of God into, into the earth through a garden of Eden. How does the Bible end? The Bible ends with a garden of Eden and kingdom of God ruling this world and this universe. And so shame is more about me covering up and not being vulnerable. You know how many churches there's, there's, it's not an environment, it's not a safe environment to be vulnerable because it's a judgment zone, right? Here, we don't judge people. I don't care what brought you here. And people come sometimes come into our church and they said, I got a full disclaimer. I said, maybe I don't need to know all that stuff because if God crucified it, I don't need to know about it. Unless you think it's going to in some way impact something else. You know, like, you know, if the, ch- if the police are chasing after you, maybe we should know that. <laughs> if you got a warrant out for your arrest or something like that, maybe we should know that so we're not surprised. But we don't need to really know all that because that's all crucified. And I don't need to explain to everybody my history. And Because you know what happens? Satan has his own scales. He has his own covering. And it's called, it's called Job 41. It's called pride. If you and I, like this can drive us so much as men that we, I, because if I don't have the peace of God ruling my heart, then I'm covering myself with something that is not the sacrifice of God. I'm covering myself with something um, maybe I don't have the right clothes. Maybe I grew up poor and I didn't have the right clothes. And now I'm driven always to have nice clothes. You know, I'm not judging people. I'm just saying that we got to be careful of these things. I don't know if that's going on or whatever. But I want to close with this. Get quiet before God. You know, I don't need, I think people take drugs or take stimulants because they don't know how to do the, deal with the pain and the, and the injury inside. I was overseas, we were doing some mission work, and there was, we were in a taxi. And we were sitting in a taxi, and it was just quiet. I was sitting with my wife and another pastor, and was driving. The taxi driver turned on just something, some noise. And I said, do we really have to have the radio on? And he's like, I can't be in a quiet place without noise. I can't sleep without a fan or something making noise. 
I can't sit down and meditate without noise. We are in an elevator, the same thing. When you're in an elevator, it's, that's why they got music in elevators. People get really freaked out about silence. You know what that tells me? And that was happening to me. You know what that tells me? Is that I got a restless soul and I'm living in fear. And I need to get quiet before God. I need to get before quiet before God, get on my face before God. And maybe not even pray anything, just say, God, I surrender. Whatever, you know, I don't know even the state of my own soul because I'm subjective. I'm a, I'm a creature that has very finite, finite um, resources. And we get quiet before God and he begins to heal. So, this microphone needs to get quiet before the guy. Yeah. Oh, God. Silencio. So just get quiet and practice the presence of God and just say, the Lord is here. There was a time in my life I was very, oops, sorry, I was very troubled about something. And it caused a lot of anxiety and fear. And I just, I went into a prayer room and I got on my face before God and said, I don't even know how to pray. Here it is, all my stuff. And I got quiet before the Lord for, I don't know, and I felt like the angels of God ministering to me in the Holy Spirit. And so let's not be spiritually hyperactive. Let's get quiet before the Lord. Maybe evaluate my, you know, look at our schedules. Look at what's going on. And I don't maybe need more. Sometimes when there's a need in the family, I gotta, we got to say, i got to go out and make more money. i got to go out. We all say this. We all, I say it. Maybe we don't. Maybe we need to get quiet before God and kind of just kind of simplify our lives a little bit and not try to do too much. Because when we see the Egyptians coming into destiny, let's just get quiet before God and let God see all of our shame, all of our nakedness, and all of our embarrassment. And guess what? It's okay because we're forgiven. No one's coming in here today with, with uh, some baggage that God's angry about. Whatever, what, I don't care what's happened in our lives. Is that you are loved. And you're in an environment of love and grace and healing. And when the disciples were after the, after the crucifixion of Christ hiding out in the upper room, Jesus comes in and what does he say? Guys, you really disappointed me. <laughs> Where were you when I was on the cross? Now Jesus said, peace be unto you. It's all good. Then he said it the second time, peace be unto you. Why? Guilty fear, shame. And when we don't deal with shame, that's the last point, when we don't deal with shame and fear and guiltiness, what happens? You know, fear is in psychology, control, right? We try to control everything. All right, where are the fig leaves? And the fig leaves only last a couple days before they wither away. That's it, right? So I'm going to just finish here because I want to hear these other guys speak. God, we just want to,